Hi guys, I hope you're having the best day, the best week so far. My name is Heidi Kumjohn and welcome to the Lifelong Podcast, a show centered around low toxic living and longevity. I'm a certified holistic health and nutrition coach with a passion for low toxic living and today's episode is centered around water. For those of you that don't know, there are a lot of toxins hiding in the water that we drink and that we bathe in and honestly there is a whole entire world behind water. So today I'm bringing on the best water expert in my opinion who is Dawn Lusk. She's also an integrative health practitioner and a certified clinical herbalist. She really has a wide breadth of expertise, but today's episode is just going to be focused on water. So Dawn is one of the most thorough people I know in the holistic health space. Honestly, everything she shares is backed and documented by research and science, and she even includes a lot of studies within her posts on Instagram which is Raven's Moon Holistic Wellness. I'll be sure to include that link in the show notes, so make sure to check her out on Instagram. She has so many informative graphics, again, ranging from everything from parasites to toxins to like glyphosate to water. A lot of her posts are about water. I'm telling you, she is really an expert in this space, and she even has a course on water. Anyways, I don't want to give anything away because Dawn is amazing and I want to just let her join this podcast right away. So please join me in welcoming Dawn Lusk. And also one little side note, we recorded this a couple of months ago and we were talking about snow. Yes, we live in the Midwest where we definitely have had snow in May before. But I wanted to just be transparent that this was recorded a couple months ago, still super relevant. So again, join me in welcoming Dawn Lusk. Hey, Dawn, how's it going? Hi, it's going well. How are you? Doing well. You know, we're hanging in there with these Midwest temps, but you know, <laughs> I know I'm with you. I'm in Omaha and I was looking at the weather right before jumping on with you and it showed snow tonight here. So, yep. oh, I don't know. It just can't make up its mind. You just have to get used to it, I guess, and stay indoors and bundle up and yep. Yep, do all the warming things. I had my little heat pack yes. out and yeah, it's a, it's a yep. mindset thing at this point. I think we're just stronger here in the Midwest, but I think we are, you know, we're <laughs> built stronger because we have to deal with snow at the end of March and into April and, and sometimes yeah, May. totally. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes. Yep. <laughs> well, so excited to have you here. Um, I'd love for you to get the audience acquainted with yourself and would love for you to just share a little bit about your background and in particular because this episode is going to be about water, share a little bit about where this passion for water comes from. Sure, yeah. So um, I'm Dawn Lusk. I'm an integrative health practitioner. I'm a certified clinical herbalist. Um, I've done a lot of other courses surrounding root cause wellness. That's really my passion. Um, you know, diving deeper and looking into what what really cr- uh, causes chronic illness. And the reason for that is because I went through my own chronic illness healing journey. Um, water has actually been a huge part of my own journey. Um, you know, growing up, I was one of those kids. My parents called me a fish. I took all 
all the swimming lessons. So I was one of those people that was really, really drawn to water. And so it's something that I have felt a strong connection to the element of water. And uh, it was really on my own uh, illness journey where I realized the importance of clean water. So about eight years ago, when I first started healing, I, uh, I started learning a little bit about water and I started going to the grocery store and filling up my jugs, those p- big plastic jugs of reverse osmosis water because I thought that it was the best. You know, I had done just a little dabbling, a little bit of research into the topic. And so I started filling up my big, huge jugs of water. You know, I was one of those people. And in the past, I had seen people doing that and I thought they were crazy. And then I became one of those people. <laughs> I found that over and over and over again, like looking at people being like, wow, they're they're really crazy. And then I end up being that person and taking it even further. So I get anyway, it. I get filling it. up these big jugs of water. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Uh, so filling up the big jugs and, uh, I started seeing a functional medicine doctor, um, about six or eight months after just to help support me. One of the first questions she asked me was, what kind of water are you drinking? And I told her I'm drinking reverse osmosis. I was like, you know, I'm doing it right. I'm drinking the cleanest water. And she was like, well, are you adding in minerals? And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? What I need to do that? What are you talking about? I didn't have any foundational understanding of the importance of minerals in your water. And during that time of drinking reverse osmosis water without minerals, I was actually getting worse. And that's why I ended up pursuing um, working with a functional medicine doctor. So that was kind of what made me realize there's something more to this that I don't understand. Like there's something, water seems very benign. It seems like something that is so simple. It comes out of everybody's tap. It's something we're all coming into contact with every single day, but there's something more to it. And I think as humans, we like to really simplify things. You know, we have this idea, let's remove everything from water and it's going to be super pure and that's what we want. And while there are benefits to doing something like that, I think you need a more foundational understanding of what water is and why it is so important. So molecularly, we are 99% water. So what that means is 99 out of every 100 molecules in our body is water-based. We are water bodies. And so drinking the right kind of water, drinking clean water, you know, that is filtered, that has removed those toxic elements. It's so, so, so important. So really that that that's what started it all for me realizing I need to do more research into this. This is not something that is simple. It's something that's extremely complex. So over the years, you know, that education has taken me in many different directions. Um, and I became very passionate about it when I started working with clients, realizing that so many people are still drinking tap water. I mean, so many people still believe that, you know, drinking tap water is safe or healthy or that the government is taking care of us in this way. And there's, there, there's just so many avenues you can go down to realize like we have to do something with our water. We can't just drink what's out of the tap. Um, I know we're going to get more into that topic as well, but it's become uh, a huge passion of mine because of the misunderstandings around water and the lack of education around water. There's not a lot of courses on water. There's not a lot of education on this topic. And so I really wanted to bring, and one of my goals is to bring that information to everybody so that everybody has access to that information. So uh, that's really my story around water. And I feel like, um, you know, 
this journey could, could be forever. I may never know everything about water. I read books and I dig deeper and I, I find more and I'm like, there's still more that I don't fully understand. So very passionate about this because it's something that is so vitally important to our health. It can make one of the biggest differences in our health, just drinking clean water. And it's something that we all really have access to drinking cleaner water if we want to, if, if we get educated around the topic. Wow, thank you for sharing that. And I can tell that you do the research, like it's so beyond evident in your posts on Instagram. And the fact that you launched a course about this just, what was it last week? Recently? Mm-hmm. Super? Uh, let's see, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. I can't keep track of time anymore. <laughs> but yeah, it's been, I think, two weeks. Yeah. Um, that's so exciting. And I'm really excited that you're paving the way and getting this information out there and doing the research because, yeah, unfortunately, our government isn't doing the work to keep our water safe and clean and and all of that. So for those listening that aren't really familiar with what's in tap water and, you know, some of the dangers in drinking tap water, can you kind of give the 411 on tap water and what to look out for and why to change. Yes. So this is one of my favorite topics because one of the best things you can do is just stop drinking tap water, start filtering tap water. So um, I'll talk a little bit about water treatment because that is, it's a super important part of what tap water is and why it's not clean. So in the United States, most large cities and really most cities in general are using what's called a closed loop system. And so with this type of system, what it really means is toilet to tap. And so if you can imagine what toilet to tap means what you're flushing down the toilet is being treated and then sent right back up and that is what is being used as your drinking water and your bathing water so you can imagine what uh whatever you're flushing down is not getting completely clean on its way back to you so uh you know at water treatment facilities they go through a lot to clean up the water because uh you know Let's think, let's first talk about what goes down the toilet. Poop, pee, menstrual blood, um, vomit. People flush prescription drugs down, um, down the tap. People flush, uh, illegal drugs down the toilet. Um, so anything that's getting flushed down the toilet has to be treated, um, and they have to filter out so that it is approved to be sent back up, um, as your drinking water. So with that, what they do is they use a wide variety of filtering methods, but then they add in chemicals to help kill off those pathogens. Um, You know, like chlorine is one of the big ones. Chlorine does a fantastic job of killing things. That's why it's used in public pools. You know, a lot of human bodies together, they have to kill off any um, pathogens that could be exposed to that way. But that's being added to tap water in order to clean it up. Unfortunately, that chlorine ends up in your drinking water. There's no way around that. Um, And then we have all kinds of other issues. So some of the big ones are heavy metals. So things like arsenic, uh, lead, cadmium, all kinds of heavy metals can end up in um, in tap water as well. You know, there's still a lot of lead piping um, used throughout the United States. So there's a there's a big concern there as well as just groundwater contamination with heavy metals. Other things are parasites. So people poop out parasites. Um, and you know, those are not being fully killed. So parasites, you know, one of my 
other favorite topics can live outside of the body. Certain parasites can live outside of the body for a very long period of time inside of cysts. And those cysts um, have a defense against things like chemicals. They're microscopic, so they can get through a lot of the filters that are being used. And so those can end up very easily back in something like tap water. Um, We can also see pharmaceutical residue. So because people are flushing uh, pharmaceuticals down the toilet, those again are not being fully filtered um, to be back in, you know, they end up still in tap water. Another thing we have to think about is we are urinating out um, things like hormones and, you know, uh, pharmaceutical residues as well. And so through urine, we can see exposure to some of those things um, as well. And all of those can unfortunately end up in your your drinking water um, too. So there's all kinds of chemicals, all kinds of pharmaceuticals, all kinds of um, things that you for sure don't want to be drinking. And unfortunately, there is not enough regulation around this because there are so many problems with tap water. There's just, for whatever reason, our government hasn't figured out a a good way to to kill everything to bring it uh, clean water into our homes. And so In the United States, there's not a lot of heavy regulation around uh, what's allowed and what's not allowed. Um, A lot of water treatment facilities aren't even testing. I guess none of them are testing for uh, pharmaceutical residue. So I think that a lot of people find that very surprising that they're not actually even testing what is in the tap water before it's being sent up. So it it has a very low bar of of what is allowable as far as what what can come up through the tap. So couple of resources I always like to recommend to people is to check your water municipality website. So this is huge. I think a lot of people, you know, we're so busy, like who has time to read their water quality report? It's not something I used to do. It's not something I ever spent a lot of time on because people just assume it's safe. And if you look at your, your water quality report, you will be likely horrified as I was when I read all of the things that there are, that it's found in our water, like they're seeing it in measure amounts, but because it's below their required threshold, it's considered safe. So start out by looking at your water municipality website. Um, Obviously, this is going to be different based on where you live, but another really great resource is the EWG tap water uh, database that is going to really point the way as well. Both of those, like I'd recommend looking at both, the EWG might not be quite as extensive as your water quality uh, report, you know, through your water municipality, but both of those are great resources. But, you know, as soon as you start uncovering a little bit of this, I think it's enough to motivate people into just getting at least some baseline water filtration support. Yeah, thank you. Oh, my gosh. I love that you shared resources, too, because a lot of times, you know, in the line of work you and I are in and just being educators on toxins, a lot of times people get overwhelmed, which is is very natural. And I think having a solutions oriented mindset is huge. So thank you. I know everyone is going to Mm -hmm. love those tips. And I'll include links to the EWG. I definitely utilize that resource myself. I recently was looking on my um, city's water quality and it's it's really bad. Thank goodness I you know filter my water, but it even got me thinking about washing my produce. You know I don't have a mm. filter on my sink. I just have a pitcher mm-hmm. and then I have a filter on my shower. But I've had to mm-hmm. think <laughs> deeper. I'm like, oh my goodness, if there are these like crazy scary chemicals 
coming out of my sink and I just spent the money to buy mm-hmm. organic produce that's free of this stuff. Now I'm putting yep. it back on like that doesn't make sense. So um, I'm going a little bit off on a tangent here. Speaking of the EWG, I saw something and I shared this on Instagram and I'm wondering if you would be able to expand on it. The chromium issue mm-hmm. in the water. What What's going on with that? And why should people be concerned about that? Well, I mean, it's not just chromium. I did a post yesterday about heavy metals. I know that very often we get stuck on one heavy metal because it's like the one that comes to light and we get really concerned about it. I mean, chromium is certainly something that we don't want to be drinking in our water, but it's the same. You know, I I kind of put these in a similar category. Arsenic has actually been one of the bigger concerns as far as heavy metals um, through groundwater contamination. And it's, it's a very similar situation with something like chromium with lead as well. So these are things, I mean, all of these things can be endocrine disruptors. That's one of the big problems that we see, but these heavy metals can contribute to chronic illness. So we can see um, chronic illness thriving in a body where heavy metals are, where there's a heavy, heavy metal load. So it's very, very often that we'll see other chronic illness in correlation and in connection to heavy metal exposure. And so things like parasites can harbor their weight in other toxins. One of the big ones being heavy metals. So we can have uh, parasite overgrowth in conjunction with things like heavy metals, chromium being the one that I see certainly in conjunction with that. So uh, candida is another huge thing that we can see overgrowing with, with things like heavy metal exposure. And heavy metals are something that can just wreak havoc And a lot of people, you know, if they're not checking their tap water levels, it's something that can absolutely be coming through water. And so, again, the um, the government does require tap water municipalities to test for these things. And so what I recommend to everyone, like your area is going to be different. Everybody's area is going to be different. Some I I, from the post I did yesterday, I had someone comment and I believe he may have said it was chromium that was very, very high in his area. It may have been lead. I can't remember for sure. But there are some areas that are like hot spots for heavy metals. And so you don't realize it because you're not looking at your water municipality report. But again, just doing that, like that little bit of research, once you see that you have high chromium in your water, you're going to want to do everything you can to help get that out. So I think it's all comes back to education and researching. You know, one of the other things I think, uh, you know, with Instagram, we can get very caught up in watching what other people are doing, looking to one person for our resource of information. And I think that all of this requires thoughtfulness and our own uh, efforts going into it. So, you know, not trusting one person with your information, but looking deeper below the surface and doing just some of that, just going to the EWG website, just checking out your water municipality so that you have a better understanding of what kinds of things you're seeing in your water. Yeah, it's crazy that we even like need to do that research. You know, I'm not someone that's going to be petty and being like, oh, we need to do that research. We shouldn't need to do that. Like, I get excited about the research, but there's a lot of people out there that they really think they're fine and they really think that everything is all hunky-dory, but it's not if there's heavy metals in our water and... Oh my goodness. So chromium, yeah, thank you for answering my question on that. I realize Mm -hmm. that all heavy metals are bad. Like, I don't want them in Mm -hmm. my system. I've personally been disrupted by them in the past when I was dealing with mold illness. And like you were just saying, they Mm. uh, sometimes go hand in hand with other 
illnesses and parasites and things like that. So thank you for expanding on that. Um, You mentioned Mm -hmm. something too about certain areas being hotspots for heavy metals or maybe some different Mm -hmm. contaminant. I also heard something and I haven't done a ton of research on this. So I'm looking to your expertise Mm -hmm. about military bases and like being near Mm -hmm. military facilities and having tons of chemicals in the water because they apparently like dump stuff at military bases. Do you know anything about that? Yeah, you know, I haven't done specific research into that topic, but I do know that oftentimes uh, disposal of certain things, there's not a lot of good regulation around disposals. Uh, So this is when we can see things like leaching of chemicals into groundwater. And that's one of the big problems with with certain chemicals. Um, You know, one of the bigger issues, you know, I'm sure that the military, that there's something there, they may be burying, um, you know, in those big, um, I don't know, whatever they're made out of those big uh, containers, they seal them and then they bury them very deep underground thinking that that's going to, I don't know, it's not going to disappear just because it's buried. But we can see like over time, those vessels that are holding these chemicals, um, you know, they aren't going to last forever. And so we see leaking and then we see that making its way into our drinking water systems. Um, you know, the military uses all kinds of different chemicals and a lot of the things that they're doing, um, you know, I'm, I think like Nevada is one of the big areas where they're doing a lot of testing. Um, as far as like, um, I don't know, like bombs and things like testing out those things. And, and there's going to be an environmental impact whenever we're releasing things into the environment, whether that be airborne or by burying things or by dumping things. Um, you know, there's all, so many stories around um, different companies and corporations dumping things just directly into the river because they don't want to pay to have it properly disposed. So yes, yeah, certain areas, absolutely, we're going to see more contamination. Um, you know, another huge problem that we see is with animal um, animal feeding lots. So CAFOs, we see very huge problems and implications for drinking water around animal feedlots, um, not just because of their waste. I mean, that's a huge one, but also the food that they're feeding the animals is, you know, very often going to be things like GMOs. I mean, this also feeds into things like um, farms where they're spraying heavy levels of glyphosate, Glyphosate is, I'm sure you know, it acts like an antibiotic in the human body. Whenever you're killing bugs, you have to ask, what is that doing to humans? If we're killing some sort of life, what is that doing to human life? So it's it's toxic. Uh, it, and on a lower level, you know, if it's a, it kills bugs, but it is also having an effect on our health as well. So the half-life of glyphosate, I heard it one time, I can't remember what it is, but it's really, really long. Like uh, in our own lifetime, the half-life of glyphosate, like it will expand throughout you know, our own lifetimes and beyond. So these are things that are getting into our groundwater. Dr. Zach Bush, I don't know if you know who he is, but he's done a ton of research into the health. He's amazing. And his research into glyphosate has been um, so frightening and startling to me that there is nowhere on our planet that glyphosate doesn't exist anymore. 
And this is definitely true in our drinking water. So it's absorbed into the soil um, and ends up in runoff. So it's, it's getting into our river as our lakes, our streams, and inevitably making its way into our water systems. And so um, I have huge concerns about pesticides, herbicides, nitrates, um, chemical fertilizers, like all of these things are it's just chemical sludge and it's making its way into our drinking water. And these are newer things, right? Like these are newer things in our environment in the past, like 30, 40, 50 years. And so there hasn't been enough government oversight because, you know, a lot of our laws date back to like the 1960s and they haven't been updated in order so that companies can continue the practices that they were using prior and get away with a lot more. So, um, yeah, we see a lot of issues with, with that and um, making its way into our tap water, not being properly tested, and then we end up drinking it. So it's a huge concern for sure. Wow. Yeah. And not only are we drinking it, we're bathing in it. So why is it important bathing in to it. filter? Yes. Obviously, you explain, you know, the nasty stuff that's that's in the water. But let's say someone thinks, oh, well, I'm showering. My mouth isn't open. I maybe even brush my teeth with filtered water. Why, why should someone be concerned when they're bathing? Yeah, I think a lot of people skip or overlook the need to filter their bathing water. I mean, even I did for a very long period of time. You think that the biggest concern is what you're drinking. And of course, what you're drinking is very, very important. But you can't skimp on water filtration for your skin either. So the skin is super absorbable. Um, you know, like think about taking an Epsom salt bath. The reason why you do that is because you want to absorb magnesium into your system. You're doing the same thing with toxins as well. And you don't have the benefit then of your microbiome or your stomach acid or those things that can kill pathogens, it's being directly absorbed into your skin. So we can see huge toxicity happening because of this. And the other thing that I think um, gets missed or overlooked, uh, chlorine uh, vaporizes. And so when you're in the shower, taking a shower, if you are in an area with high chlorine, that turns really um, very, very toxic as a vapor. And so we can see, um, I mean, there's a lot of research studies around the effects of chlorine and chlorine byproducts products. So, um, you know, breathing it in, you can have all kinds of respiratory symptoms related to that and skin issues. You know, people can smell chlorine and in some areas uh, you can, you know, you might be taking a bath and you can smell chlorine. So, there are limitations with things like at the, you know, like shower filters that just connect to your shower filter or bath filters. It's not able to get out a whole lot. Some of the big focus, um, the things that are, are focused on with that are things like chlorine and things like heavy metals. Because, um, you know, if you think about water filtration, a shower filter, it's water is moving through it very quickly and you have a very small amount of space uh, for filtration to happen. And so it's just not as effective at getting um, contaminants out, but it is better than nothing. So I don't have a whole home system here at my current house. It's been on my wish list for a very long time. And I feel somewhat like a fraud, somebody who's talking about water and I don't even have a whole home system, but no, uh, we're no, planning no. on moving and getting like the, the, getting the absolute best in our next house after all the research that I've done. But, you know, doing something is better than doing nothing. And you can feel good by at least getting some of those contaminants out of your water. And so, um, not 
just the shower, the bath as well, because there could be more concerns with sitting in a bathtub, sitting in that water, giving that more time to um, absorb into your skin. So like, I never want people to be overly afraid of water, but still doing something is going to be better than doing nothing. So um, yeah, lots of concerns with water all around and not ever forgetting the fact that toxins can be absorbed in through our skin. Yeah, I know the skin is our largest, largest organ, but I actually, Mm -hmm. I had never thought about the vaporizing aspect. I'm Mm -hmm. very sensitive to smell, like I can definitely pick up on chlorine or if I'm out somewhere and I'm drinking tap water from a restaurant, Mm -hmm. God forbid, (laughs) Um, I can smell it Mm -hmm. right away, I can taste it right away, but showering that gets me really thinking to like before Hmm. having my bath filter, you know, my shower filter, I would sometimes have these like kind of coughing episodes. So now I'm kind of really thinking, Mm -hmm. hmm, maybe it was the chlorine all along. But interesting. Thanks for sharing. Mm -hmm. Totally. So let's talk about hydration because I feel and you kind of you touched on minerals very, very briefly. But let's jump into hydration and properly hydrating with minerals and things like that. There are tons of people I know that believe they are hydrating themselves by just drinking plain old water, whatever, I don't, whatever water they're drinking. Um, And a lot of times these people are still dehydrated. What, what is the difference Mm -hmm. between hydration and cellular hydration? Yeah, so this is another one of my favorite topics. And, you know, I think the first thing that has to be pointed out is that the vast majority of humans are deficient in minerals. And so throughout time, humans have consumed uh, water that contains minerals. It's very, very important that we not only eat minerals in our food and eat mineral rich food, but we also consume water that contains minerals. So water and minerals have a synergistic relationship. So minerals um, in the form of things like electrolytes, this is electrolyte. Basically, we're talking about generating electricity. Um, humans are electric beings, and we need electrolytes for the health of our cells. And so minerals help um, drive water where it needs to be. Again, thinking back to 99% um, of uh, us molecularly, humans being uh, made up of water. Obviously, we need to get water to all of the places in our body, and minerals help um, guide the water where it needs to go. It pushes and moves water in the direction that it needs to go. So that's why I always advocate for, you know, if you're drinking something like distilled water or reverse osmosis water, those are completely devoid of minerals. The filtration aspects of both of those removes everything from the water, um, the bad and the good. So there are pros and cons to uh, both of those types of filtration systems. But I always advocate for adding minerals into every glass of water that you're drinking so that the water is getting where it needs to go. Um, A lot of the clients that I work with Um, are in the same position that I was feeling like they're drinking very clean water, but not realizing that they need minerals um, there as well. Another thing I always like to point out is that our food is very mineral uh, devoid now um, because of 
current farming practices. There's been a lot of research on this topic that like an apple today has 20% less calcium than an apple that was grown 50 years ago. And, you know, this is the case with all of our fruits and vegetables because of modern farming practices. So I think it's more important now than ever before that we're drinking minerals and potentially even supplementing minerals on top of that as well, but at least getting your baseline minerals through drinking water. So again, throughout human history, humans have consumed mineral-rich water. We've always consumed water from fresh springs or from rivers or from lakes or from streams. Um, you know, this has been the human experience. We didn't have filtration that was removing things from water back in the day. And so it's been part of human evolution. And I mentioned this at the beginning, but I think humans like to simplify things. You know, we think let's remove everything. And I understand the desire to do that. Everything is so toxic now. I totally get the the desire to remove everything from the water. But I think that um, reduces water to something less than what it is. I think it reduces water to, again, just a benign object that we need to consume in order to be healthy, but misses that deeper aspect of um, the molecular structure of water, which I think we're going to go into at some point. Yes. But there's something um, very, very necessary about um, minerals in our water. So when we're talking about something like cellular hydration, there's other important aspects that we have to keep in mind as well. So our cellular structure, um, when we're absorbing water, um, healthy cells are surrounded by unrefined omega-3s and omega-6s. That's fat. So humans need to consume fat for the health of their cells. Um, the barrier in the outside wall of cells, uh, you know, if, if it's not healthy, that's when we see disease happening. That's when we see things like mitochondrial dysfunction. And so um, getting enough fat in our diet is super, super important for that reason. Um, again, minerals, because we need to get water to the places that it needs to go. And our, our cells are made out of structured water, water that is um, highly structured. I know we'll talk about that soon. But um, other things to think about with cellular hydration is that we need to be moving our bodies. So we need to uh, move in order for water to get where it needs to go. So our fascia, which is this fascinating um, uh, thing that lives underneath our skin that we can see, there's some really amazing... Um, YouTube videos out there where you can see how incredible fascia is, it works as a hydraulic pump and hydraulic means movement by water. So if we're sitting around all day, if we're sitting in front of the TV, if we're not moving our bodies, we can drink all the water that we want, but it's not going to make its way where it needs to go. Um, I have a lot of chronically dehydrated clients and uh, a lot of the factors surrounding that are, I mean, not just lack of movement, but I mean, think about when you're chronically ill, can you work out? Like, do you have the ability to work out when you're chronically ill? You don't. And so we have to be very mindful about how we're bringing movement into our bodies. And this can look different for everybody. You know, yoga is such a beautiful way, like supportive yoga. I'm not talking about like hot yoga where you're like killing yourself, sweating. And like, mm -hmm. I'm not talking about that. Like I'm talking about yoga. things like restorative yoga. Yin yoga, restorative yoga, like these, these beautiful things where when you're getting into a position, you are stimulating that part of your body, which is driving water where it needs to go. You're stimulating the fascia. Like think about things like muscle pain and joint pain. There's a dryness there. The reason why we're having pain is because the, um, the cellular structure or the molecular structure there has broken down and it's, it's tight and it's dry. And so what we need to do is get fluid there and fascia. Um, you know, one of the things 
things I love now. It's called rolfing. I don't know if you've heard of rolfing, um, but it's a way of moving the fascia. Yeah, I love I love this form of um, you know functional movement mm-hmm. because it helps open up that space, and by doing that, we drive water into those areas. Yeah, I have to touch on rolfing for a second. I'm yeah. so excited you mentioned that. I haven't heard many people talk about rolfing. You know, I've seen a little bit of you know some people talking about fascia, um, but rolfing in particular is such a beautiful form of body work, not only for all the reasons you mentioned, but also for like getting emotion and trauma out of the body. I actually did a session of rolfing when I was already healing from mold illness. I I knew it was mold illness and heavy metals and I was detoxing and I was feeling better and then I was doing really well and then I had a flare up and I needed relief. I'm like, I'm doing all the things, but I need help. I need to figure this out. And I think it was my mom told me about Rolfing. She's always telling me about all these interesting things. She's always like five years ahead of people, I swear. I don't know. I don't know how she does it. But anyways, I found a woman who was certified in Rolfing and I went there and oh my goodness, my like symptom, I felt amazing afterwards. So very, very fascinating um, line of work. And yeah, that's just my little tangent on Rolfing. But fascia, so I love rolfing. So cool that it's like a hydraulic pump. I didn't even realize that Mm -hmm. water plays a whole role in all that, which makes total sense. That's so Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. I learned about a lot of this, you know, again, I I think I said that there's just not a lot of education around water, but I had to do a shout out to Isabel Friend. She's been an amazing educator and resource on this topic. She was the one that taught me that, um, that water, that fascia is a hydraulic pump. So she deserves a lot of the credit for, for everything that I'm talking about, because, um, she's provided some really amazing courses where you dive very, very deep into water. It's not like basic. It's like very, very deep. Um, and she's just, been she brings it all to light for me so like as I go deeper into water I'm like always looking to her guidance because um she truly deserves the title of water queen wow that's awesome I need to check her out and I am giggling to myself every time you say diving into water I'm like this is very very much (laughs) pun intended always pun intended and then basic I'm like oh now we're talking ph but I am Mm -hmm. a nerd for that and also a dad, apparently. (laughs) Um, Okay, so structured water. You mentioned Mm -hmm. that very briefly, but let's dive into it. What is structured water? Is it important? You mentioned our cells. The water is structured in there, but some people are drinking structured water. Is there anything to it? There is a lot to structured water. So, um, you know, one of my big teachers around structured water, again, Isabel Friend, but also the book, um, The Fourth Phase of Water by Dr. Jared Pollack. He has done so much incredible research around this topic. And structured water is something you can actually see underneath a microscope. So for whatever reason, and I guess I can probably understand why, but 
structured water is something that is considered very woo woo. It's considered something, you know, if you do a Google search on it, you know, I think it talks, it basically says that it's a hoax. And, um, you know, that's not surprising. If you're, if you're Googling something, you're probably not going to get the information that you really want. You have to go, you have to, you know, dig a little bit beneath the surface to see, you know, the actual truth. So structured water, what we're talking about is a different molecular arrangement of water. Um, so this is really what I'm talking about when I'm saying, like, I don't think we really know anything about water because we aren't looking at the structure of water. Water can carry information due to the electro or due to the molecular structure of water. So um, structured water is H3O2 and not H2O. So the molecular arrangement of it is different. Um, Dr. Jared Pollack termed it EZ water, um, like exclusionary zone water. It's also called gel water. Some people call it alive water, crystalline water. Like there's a lot of different names for structured water, but we're really talking about the same thing. So there are different levels of structure. So with different molecules in the environment, we can see different levels of structure, not just water. So if we're talking about something like carbon, let's just talk about that because I feel like this is a really good example of um, structure and helps people really better understand it. So if we're talking about carbon, when it's unstructured, it forms coal. When it is um, slightly structured, it forms graphite. When it is highly structured, it forms a diamond. And what we're, they're all the same. It's all carbon. But what we're talking about is the molecular arrangement of the carbon. And the same holds true for water. And so um, water that comes out of our tap water isn't structured um, due to the level of contamination and toxins and pollutants. Um, The other thing that is really problematic for water is going through straight pipes. It loses its structure when it's going through straight pipes. Um, Water is meant to move um, naturally in natural ways. So water that is out in nature is highly structured if it's moving. So if we're talking about streams, lakes, rivers, springs, water flowing over a waterfall, um, think about looking at a river and you see those little pools of circulating water on the outside. That's It's just continuously structuring. Water has a way of filtering itself that way because nature is perfect. And so even though we continue to destroy our water and pollute our water, it is always striving to filter itself. Um, you know, by being in nature, one of the other things like going over rocks and moving through sand, that's another natural way that water filters itself. So our water is very, very intelligent. Water can carry information. And that's what we're talking about when we're talking about structured water. We're talking about highly intelligent water that can carry information. And my belief is that it can carry healing to ourselves as well. So we can use a lot of different things in our, um, you know, in our day to day life to structure water. Um, you know, again, it's the movement of water that helps to structure it. So we can buy different devices that can create kind of a spiraling motion. Those are usually pretty che- cheap and simple, kind of depending on um, the price range that you're looking at. If you ever did, um, you know, the tornado project back when you were a kid, you know, oh, you yeah. bought like the thing that connected to the two bottles, that actually, you can use something like that to help structure water. Again, the level of structure that you're going to get from a device like that, you may not be able to create very highly 
structured water, but you're going to do something by doing that. So there's levels of structure. So water in nature that's moving is naturally highly structured. So if you're someone that's going out and collecting spring water, which I wish we all had access to that. I mean, the other problem with springs now is they're becoming highly polluted, but um, there are still some fresh, clean springs, um, you know, that are that are less contaminated or not contaminated. If you're if you're collecting that, you are getting structured water. Um, I, I do need to mention, though, that water loses its structure over time. So if you're someone that's having water delivered from a spring, which I do that with Mountain Valley spring water, um, some of our drinking water, um, we do that way. So it's delivered in glass jugs. Um, I restructure it when it comes to my house, because I don't really know how long I mean, they do have, um, they have a date on it for when it was collected, which I think is great. So you can see, oh, it's only been a few weeks since this water has been collected. But again, um, the structure of water breaks down over time. Stagnation creates um, the breakdown of, of, of uh, structure. And the other thing is our environment with EMFs, um, those frequencies can actually break down the structure of water as well. So like thinking about never putting your water near your modem and your router, like all of those things are really, really important that people, um, you know, don't necessarily know. These are things that we're not really talking about. But, um, you know, not storing your water near something like that, because it can break down the structure of water. But the other really, really cool thing is our body structures water for us as well. So it takes a lot of energy for the body to structure water. So if you're able to drink structured water, you reduce the amount of energy that your body has to produce in order to create structure. So sunlight creates structure. So think of how amazing it is to sit out in the sun. If you want to know why it feels so amazing, I mean, you're absorbing vitamin D, you know, your endorphins, all the things, but really what you're doing is structuring your water body. You're bringing, um, you know, the health and healing of the sun into your own body and creating structured water that way. So, you know, if you can't drink structured water, if that's outside of what you're able to do, there are ways that you can support your body. I mean, the sunlight is a big one being out in nature. So getting the Schumann resonance of the earth, which I think is 7.86. Don't quote me, I think it's 7.86. But that's the frequency. And this is measurable, like, it may sound very woo woo, but this is measurable. Um, The earth's frequency can help you structure. So when we're talking about something like grounding, we're actually helping to structure the water in our body just by having our bare skin on the ground. All kinds of devices can help support that as well. Like the PEMF mats can help support that earthing or grounding mats. All of those are really supportive as well. So um, yeah, but I mean, there's definitely something to structured water. There is something to um, it being more hydrating. So I'll have clients, you know, who start out with me and they're drinking tap water and we go a few months down the road, and they are now only consuming structured water, and their hydration levels have increased so much. You know, they used to be chronically dehydrated, they're peeing all of the time, they're drinking all of the time, but they're peeing all of their water out, they're not absorbing or holding their water. And that's a sign of chronic dehydration. If you're drinking and drinking and drinking, and it's just running, running right through you. That is um, something we can see with something like chronic dehydration. It's not necessarily that you're not drinking enough water, but it's that you're not absorbing your water. So drinking structured water, you can really help support your body in that way. And um, you touched on mold illness. I know that's something you've struggled with. Um, exposure to mold, uh, chronic dehydration is a huge factor that happens for people who have um, who are living in mold, who have been exposed to mold. We can see so much inflammation in the bladder and the urethra in the kidneys as well because of mold illness. 
And this is a factor that we can see with something like chronic dehydration. So um, yes, something to structure water. I'm all about it. There's, there's even research done on this as well. I have a highlight on my story, which talks a little bit more through this. If, if anybody is listening and interested, check out that highlight because I go deeper and I share some research studies on it as well. Um, one of my good friends today posted about eye, eye health. She's um, an optometrist and our eyes are actually surrounded by easy water, by structured water. So the health of our eyes um, has a lot to do with hydration and making sure that the water that we're consuming is, is as hydrating as possible. It's so important for health. Wow. That definitely sounds like there is a lot to it. And I've heard a bit about it, excuse me, from my mom again. She has taught me. (laughs) Your mom is next level, man. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to send her the information about your course because she loves water and I'm like, maybe she needs to learn some more. But anyways, Mm -hmm. she told me about these drops you can get to structure water. And it's totally okay if they're not good. But what are your thoughts on like drops that structure water? They're like a crystal drop. Yes. Yeah. So there's some really cool stuff that can happen with crystals. And again, crystals can sound really woo woo. And for a long time, like I really didn't understand. I am, I have a very scientific based mind and I do want, like, I'm one of those people that wants research in order for it to be true. And, you know, there's pros and cons to that kind of thinking for sure. And I, I tend to be very skeptical when we're talking about some of these things, but with crystals, uh, so crystals emit free So everything in our environment, everything everything emits a frequency and a different frequency. So we talked about the Schumann resonance, which is the Earth's frequency. Humans, like the human heart, has its own frequency. You know, one of the big things I do is bioenergetic testing. We're talking about energy testing when we're we're thinking about something like that. So everything emits its own frequency. So crystals can help to bring structure to water because of those frequencies. The the same holds true with something like a Soma Vedic, which you may have heard of. It's emitting frequencies into the environment. It acts as a harmonizer. So um, like crystals as well as the Soma Vedic, I'm going to kind of put them together here just because um, we're talking about this, but it emits frequencies into the environment and the same holds true with crystals. So this can harmonize the environment. It can help with things like EMF exposure. So if you've heard of something like shungite or organite. Um, There's definitely something to that as well, putting those around your router, um, helping to support so that those frequencies are not, um, you know, like microwaving, you know, they're not like really um, able to be as harmful as they might be otherwise. So um, I love the company Water and Stone. Um, They they have um, specific types of crystals that they um, harvest and um, they, they, uh, you add them into your water basically for that same reason. So I think it's a similar concept. I've never used the drops, but um, I've heard of them. And I have heard that there is something very magical that can happen with something like that. So it's the same concept. We're adding frequencies to help bring structure to water to change that molecular arrangement of water. And there's a reason why one of the words for structured water is crystalline. It's because of that molecular arrangement that happens. So that molecular arrangement is what can hold 
and carry um, information and store information. So like a quartz crystal is what is used in watches. So to hold time and to keep time, that's a quartz crystal. Like the, the very first watches and clocks that were made all utilized quartz. For that reason, it can hold and store information. Um, you know, our computers use crystals as well. Our phones use that as well, like in, in very, very small amounts. But it's that molecular arrangement that is held inside of the crystal that holds and carries and stores information. The same can happen with water. So you can affect the molecular arrangement of water by introducing certain frequencies, which can happen with crystals. And it can happen with something like those drops as well. So again, I've never used them, but I've heard really, really great things. And it's something I would love to explore further for sure. Wow. Well, it sounds like I'm going to go steal her her bottle of them and try them out myself and see if anything give it a try excuse me see if anything changes but yeah and the i've seen images too of this structured water under a microscope and it has that Mm -hmm. crystalline uh structure it's so beautiful Mm -hmm. it's so so cool um Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing all of that i am very very fascinated by the subject so can you share with the audience where they can find you where your course is um any resources that you'd like to share? Sure. Yeah. So I'm at Raven's Moon Holistic Wellness. That's my website. That is my um, my Instagram page. I'm only on Instagram. I can only handle one social media account at a time. So um, you can find me on Instagram. Again, I have a lot of highlights. I have a lot of posts about water. So I have tried my very best to create a lot of free resources for people just to get started on their water journey. I have a free water wellness guide on my website. You just have to sign up for my newsletter and that will be emailed to you. So I'm my water course is also available on my website and it's really an expansion on that water wellness guide, taking it deeper and talking through a lot of topics where there's still a lot of confusion. So I dive very deep into tap water, the dangers of tap water, the problems with tap water. I also talk about different types of water filtration. So I talk it through the differences like between soft water filtration and distilled water and reverse osmosis and other types of filters um, on the market because there's so much confusion around that as as well. I also have a module in the course specifically about total dissolved solids. It's one of the questions I get asked about a lot. People get the the TDS meter and they don't understand what that reading means. So I talk through what that is, um, you know, what healthy water looks like versus unhealthy water, um, you know, what polluted water is versus clean water. I talk through spring water and well water and water testing. So taking all of these topics just um, further and give a lot of resources as well. Websites, my favorite water testing, my favorite TDS meter, all of those things, in addition to all my favorite water filters too, because I've done so much research on water filtration. I want to share my favorite companies so that people have at least a place, you know, like a starting point of where to go um, to help support themselves and bring cleaner water into their environment. Like I feel like my goal has been completed if people just filter their water using, you know, there are there's a wide variety of filters on the market. So doing a little bit of thoughtful research behind it, but just filtering your water can have a huge effect on your health, um, especially if you're someone suffering with chronic illness. So there's there's a lot that you can do to support yourself there. So my course is on my website. Um, it's only $44. Like I really wanted it to be super accessible and easy for people to afford to get that information. Um, yep. So website, uh, Instagram, that's really where you can find me. And then resources. Um, you know, I've given a lot of my favorite websites and things, but um, favorite books, uh, The Fourth Phase of Water by Jared Pollock. Again, um, it's very scientific 
scientific. So some people might struggle with it a little bit. Even I was kind of like, whoa, this is taking things very, very deep. But if you have, um, if you love science and if you love looking under a microscope, that would be a good book to check out, especially if you are skeptical about structured water. I think that can be really supportive. Um, Dr. Carly Newday has a great book called Water Codes. That one I learned probably the the most out of any book I've ever read was Water Codes. She's the one who talks a lot about the molecular structure of water on a scientific level. Very, very good book. And then an, one other book that I want to mention is called Cancer and the New Biology of Water by Dr. Thomas Cowan. I love Dr. Thomas Cowan just in general. Um, but that was actually the first book that I read that introduced me to the topic of structured water. And he did a lot of research around cancer and how you can be supported um, I mean, really with any kind of chronic illness, but especially in this topic, talking about cancer, um, how much support you can bring to your health just by drinking structured water. So that's another one of my favorites as well. Oh, wow. So many goodies. Well, thank you, Dawn. It's been such a pleasure having you here and talking about water and all the things. The fact that we only focused on water and you have so many other expertise with parasites and chronic illness and, and all that. I might need to get you back on the show, but this was so wonderful. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you so much. I feel honored anytime anybody wants to talk to me about water. Like, you know, it's some people are kind of like not super interested in what I mean, I feel like now a lot of my audience is very, very water focused, because that's what I bring to the table. But anytime anybody wants to talk to me about water, I'm down. So thanks for the invite. <laughs> 